Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game from tee to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Epson, LPGA and Legends Tour, and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, once again, and welcome to the Women of Golf. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside joining me back this week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy, and welcome back. Well, thank you. It's nice to be back. You have been extremely, extremely busy. I've been watching everything on social media. Um, we'll just chat for just a second before we, we bring on uh, our first guest. Um, you were doing some videos for Golf Pass. I was. I was. I was very lucky. Um, I kind of gave them a little bit of grief about... Um, having a little diversity, equity, and inclusion and choosing some people of uh, more mature age to do some tips Mm -hmm. for their uh, subscription service on Golf Channel or NBC Sports Mm -hmm. Next, I guess I should say. So uh, they chose Mama Miller to do 24 tips. We (laughs) shot them last Monday, and I had to fly back on Tuesday morning and the week before, I did a boot camp, so I wasn't able to be on that week. But we had a lot of fun. It was beautiful. We did it at Lake Nona, and we were with Chris mm-hmm. Como and Amy Cho, Soy, and Devin Bonebreak. And it was very cool because a lot of the uh, crew was from the Big Break. Well, they mm-hmm. weren't from the Big Break. They used the same people from the Big Break, which was quite a few years ago. And my audio guy was Dennis, and um, Ramon was there, and Oxy. And it was just, it was so fun to see everybody go, like, Mama Miller, what are you doing here? So it was just, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> we'll see how the tips turn out. Um, I told them I not think... to get too close. You know, make sure the right. makeup was good and the wrinkles don't show and the rolls <laughs> on the fat don't show too much. So anyway, it was no. a lot of fun, and I'm grateful I got chosen to do it. I couldn't agree more, and what a great choice. Um, we'll talk about that more uh, another time, but uh, we'll have to get on to the show. We've got a great show for you this morning, everybody. We're going to be joined here just momentarily by our first guest uh, from the LPGA Epson Tour, uh, Lindsay McCurdy. And then a little bit later on, we're going to be joined by uh, Gina Rojas, the founder of Adaptive Golfer. She's been on a number of times over the years, and she's going to give us an update on what's happening in her world. But first, let me introduce Lindsay, and we'll bring her on and, and uh, start the show. Lindsay's from Kyle, Texas, just uh, a little south of Austin. Uh, she played collegiate golf for Southern Methodist University and loves being able to travel and meet new people through her profession. Uh, some of her other hobbies include spending time with friends and family and going camping in her RV. 
And she says if she wasn't a professional golfer, uh, meaning playing on the tour, that she'd be a college golf course. Very interesting, Cindy. We'll have to ask her about that. So please, let's welcome our, our first guest this morning, Lindsay McCurdy. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? We're doing great. We're Yeah, we're doing fantastic. Cindy, since you've been off, do you want to go first? Yeah, so tell me why you'd want to be a college golf coach. Um, so I actually was a college golf coach for a year during the during COVID. Um, we just we didn't have a lot to play in, and so I thought it was a great opportunity to just kind of dip my toes in the water. Um, so I was a golf coach for University of North Texas, and I absolutely loved it. Um, you know, I kind of always saw myself in golf in some capacity, whether it was playing or coaching. And I've taught a lot, um, you know, in the off season, I just will coach junior golf, but, um, collegiate golf for me was just such a cool experience. Um, you know, I loved my college golf career. And so, um, you know, kind of getting back to that was just a really, really cool experience. Tell me why your college golf career was such a great experience. Um, a lot of reasons. I had I had a really good team. Um, you know, we just got along really well. I mean, I'm still really, really good friends with a lot of the girls. Um, and my coaches were awesome. Loved both my coaches. And I was lucky enough to have the same two coaches all four years. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I just feel like – Personally, I learned a lot about myself and about golf and went through ups and downs with that. And so I just feel like, you know, it was a really big turning point for me, not only as a person, but for my golf as well. So, yeah, I mean, I've just, I have a lot of great feelings about, you know, those four years. And for someone that's listening, because your experience is not, always the case would you agree oh definitely mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I we teach a lot of kids too and not everyone loves their coaches and loves college golf and has a great experience I did have a great experience at the University of Miami um, and we I loved my teammates and my coach was great I still love my coach still alive believe it or not um, and so uh, did you, because you live in Texas and Austin's not that far from SMU, and did was that the only school you looked at? Was that the school you dreamed of going to? Were you recruited other places? Why did you pick SMU? Tell us more about that. Sure. Um, I didn't know much about SMU at all whenever I was being recruited, actually. Um, I knew I probably wanted to stay south-ish just for climate purposes and you know it would be nice to not be too far away from home so that was kind of what I had in mind when I was looking but I didn't really have an idea of you know where I wanted to go or or anything like that so I had visited a lot of schools in Texas Oklahoma Arkansas area um, just because that was kind of the region I wanted to stay in and um, you know I mean there was a lot of schools they have great programs great coaches and facilities but it was something about SMU when we stepped on that campus and you know me my mom and dad were kind of like yeah this is this is it I mean the campus is beautiful and the school is a really good school and then 
on top of that, you know, you have a great golf facility and two great coaches, and it was just, it just felt hard to beat. It was like a so an easy right yes. Place. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Awesome. Pat, I'll let you go. Thank you. Um, so, Lindsay, let me ask you, we'll just uh, talk a little bit about this past uh, week's uh, event, which was the uh, Casino del Sol Golf Classic, uh, where you finished T3, uh, which is tied for third, for those of you who don't know what T3 means. Um, tell us a little bit about that event, how you felt going in, and did you feel at some point, where, I mean, obviously you were knocking pretty close to the leaderboard. How did you feel overall about the event, and did you think that at any point, yeah, I've got a real good chance here. Yeah. Um, I mean, just the last few weeks I've felt, I mean, just going into this whole year, I guess I should say, I've felt really good about my game and golf can be just kind of funny where, you know, it, the game feels really good and then maybe the score isn't just quite as good as it feels. So I felt like that's how the first few events went for me. So going into this one, I felt pretty confident and just knew that the scores would come the more I play and, you know, it's just, that's just how golf goes. So um, yeah, this week was, I kind of went off on a hot, a hot start. Um, the first day I was five under through six holes and it was a tough day. It was pretty windy. And, um, so I kind of felt good about being able to score in tough conditions and, um, yeah, just felt steady the whole, the whole week. And then kind of had a really good finish as well, because I had gone into the final day tied for seventh. And, um, you know, kind of wanted to creep up the little, the leaderboard a little bit more. And sure enough, um, I just had a really like hot streak on the back nine. And, um, I don't, I don't know. I, I knew that I was probably pretty close to the leaders at that point, but I think I was just so in the zone that we were just playing golf and, I didn't really know where I stood as far as the leaderboard. We we went by a leaderboard on uh, 15, and I never looked at it, but um, not because I didn't want to. I was I think I was just so so in the zone. <laughs> so it was um it was cool to kind of have a run at it and feel like I was in contention, and that was my my best finish yet on Epson. So yeah, it was just it was a, a really good feeling and it's still an early start to the season. So it, it's definitely given me the confidence going into the, into the year. Yeah. It's always, uh, always nice to have a hot streak, especially on the back nine. And you know what the tournament, uh, the event's not over until the last putt goes in. So uh, there's always a chance uh, for a victory. Um, what's the I don't want to say hardest part, but what's the most challenging for you uh, as a as a tour player? What I mean, obviously, week in week out, you're grinding it out with uh, various uh, tournaments and various locations, and you know the travel, of course, is I'm sure uh, presents a challenge. But what's the most challenging for you, and what did you take away from last season um, that has helped sort of spur uh, your initiatives and goals this season? Yeah, I think, I mean, overall, I would say the toughest part is just knowing that, you know, it's a long year. You can have so many weeks where the game feels good and you're just missing cuts because it's so competitive. And so it's just kind of this unpredictable 
weird sport that you have to just, you have to love it because if you don't, then it can really, <laughs> it can break your heart. Um, so, I mean, the ups and downs and just the unknowns can be really hard throughout the year, I would say, in general. Um, for me this year, I've had kind of a unique experience. Um, I've battled a lot of health issues. Um, and so I last year was a little bit of a weird year, just me trying to get back to where I wanted, not only health-wise, but with my golf. And so I didn't feel I had kind of a rough start last year and didn't really kind of feel like myself again until the end of the year. And then the season was over. So, you know, it's like, I almost felt like, man, I'm starting to finally feel my game again. And now I've run out of tournaments to play. So, um, yeah, I think what I learned going into this year is that I know that my health is better and my golf feels good from the start. So, you know, I need to kind of take this opportunity and run with it and say, Hey, like the game feels good here in March. We're not, in September, like last year where I was starting to feel good. So, um, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to feeling like I can have a strong year, a full season of good golf. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. It's, uh, nothing worse than running out of year to, uh, to spoil a good streak of, of having some good rounds and some good, uh, events. And, uh, but that helps, as you say, propel into next year. You mentioned, and, and, and and you can discuss or not discuss whatever you want. You mentioned, um, you know, you, you were battling some health challenges in that. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Were you, did you have some injuries or that sort of thing? And if you don't, that's fine. Just give us no, an idea definitely. of some of the challenges. Yeah. Um, you know, I've talked a lot about this with, um, you know, our media, to- like tour media people. Um, I actually have a Golf Week article that came out a few weeks ago so um, I was a little quiet about it when it was first happening, but, you know, now that I've gotten through it and kind of been able to overcome some adversity, I've, I, you know, I enjoy sharing my story. So um, after I was coaching and starting back into golf, this was 2021, I started having health issues, um, and it took a long time to figure out what was going on. It was having to do with a lot of stomach issues, and so mm-hmm. – especially when you're in the middle of the season, you're kind of just focused on trying to play through it and thinking, Oh, it's probably just like a diet thing or, you know, because I'm traveling and it, you know, progressively got worse and worse. Uh, Long story short in the off season, I find out that I have ulcerative colitis. It's an autoimmune Mm -hmm. disease. Um, It's similar to Crohn's. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, it took a long time. Once I even got diagnosed, it took a long time to find the right medication and, regimen for me to just be healthy. It was like a roller coaster of um, good days, bad days, months, really. So golf was definitely on the back burner and um, kind of went into the season finally feeling healthy, but the golf was not where it needed to be whatsoever. Um, So, yeah, that's been a struggle all in itself, but it's made me super grateful to be here and just to get back to where I am now because there was a long time that I, when you feel that way, you don't, you question if you're going to be able to, I mean, live a normal life, number one, but even golf would be even more unimaginable when you're in that situation. So yeah, just being here has been like um, an accomplishment in and of itself. 
well, we're certainly glad that you're you're feeling much better. I, I knew what it was that you've been dealing with. Obviously, I I, I read and and uh, obviously had, had um, and heard some things. And you know, I have a friend of mine um, that I've known most of my life who has battled the same thing from a much earlier age. And obviously, the the treatments and things now are much more advanced than when he was coming up. But um, yeah, it, it it presents a challenge, and you know, especially the unknown when you're not sure what you're dealing with, uh, as you did for a little while. Um, fortunately, they were able to isolate it and and get you on a a regimen that is helping you uh, sort of move past that. But um, good for you. That's not an easy thing, and especially I don't think people, you know, it's not an easy thing to deal with in normal circumstances, but when you're out in a career like you have where you're traveling all the time and uh, going from place to place and you're out in a golf course and you're really having to work through a lot of things uh, just to, you know, to um, earn your profession and then you have to battle some some health issues on the side like that, um, it, it, it's, like you said, it's an unknown for a long period of time. We're very grateful that uh, they were able to to get you onto the other side. And obviously, you know, you have things that you have to, uh, adhere to, I'm sure, moving forward. But um, that's good news that uh, they were able to isolate it and help you through that. And now you're back uh, up to snuff, as it were, um, and be able to move forward. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. So let me ask you one other, and then, Cindy, I'm going to send it back to you. Do you have a go-to shot? The reason why I ask that is, you know, a lot of amateurs struggle and uh, as as you know, I'm sure playing in pro-ams and things, but um, do you have a shot that you go to when, when things are not quite right for you that day um, or even that hole? Is there a go-to shot that you have, and do you have a favorite club in the bag? Mm, that's a good question. Um, go-to shot, I feel like my wedges have always been kind of the, the moneymaker for me. Um, probably because whenever I am working on a swing change or if the swing doesn't feel quite like I want it to, I usually go to the wedge area. It's just easier for me to kind of feel a swing change with my wedges. So the wedges are always kind of my bread and butter. Um, So I guess I could say my wedge is my favorite club too. But, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like whenever I'm playing, if – I'm struggling or if I'm at a par five where I might not necessarily can go for it. It's like, I know my yardage that I would want to go to is like, you know, anything between 75 and 95 yards, because if I'm in that range, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. And I think it's important. And obviously most, I think I would say probably um, 99.9% of professionals have some sort of a go-to shot. You know, we all remember uh, Tiger Woods' uh, famous two-iron stingers that he would hit out there when his driver was letting him down or he needed uh, to be a little bit more accurate. He could, you know, move that thing quite far down the fairway. Um, And it served him well in obviously windy conditions, but that was a shot that he would use uh, obviously under certain circumstances. So I think it's important to have that. And I think it's if you've got a favorite club, like in your case, the wedge, um, that's something that you feel confident and comfortable, and that's what you need when you're out there is that confidence. So it's good that you have that. Um, Cindy, go ahead. Tell us what you have learned about yourself in the past five years playing professional golf. That is 
a great question. Um, I would say that I've learned that I can be resilient in no matter what comes my way. I mean, golf in general is going to throw a lot of adversity toward you. It's going to throw a lot of ups and downs at you. And no matter what, I know that at the end of the day, I mean, I'm lucky to be able to do what I do. And when it's good, it's good. I can be happy and celebrate it. And when it's bad, I know that I can get out of it. Um, I think when I was younger in college or high school, you know, I ha- if I had a bad day on a course, it was like a lot harder for me to bounce back. Um, and I learned that a lot in college too. Like I said, I had a good college coach that really helped me through stuff like that. And, you know, she really drilled into me saying, you know, that you're not your score. So if you have a bad day on the golf course, like that's not you. So don't identify with what you score that day. Um, but, you know, doing that professionally and kind of making it my career has really taught me that, you know, I, I think I can, I can overcome anything if, if I really put my mind to it. Very, very good. Thank you. What do you love most about doing this? Um, I mean, the travel is just really fun. It's just really cool to meet all these awesome people all over the world, whether it's fellow competitors or um, just host families. I do a lot. I do stay with a lot of host families um, or program groups. Um, it's it's just really cool to be able to meet people this way. You know, it's like I, I would never have met these people if I didn't play professional golf. And so I think it's really cool that that golf has brought me to all these really cool places and all these really cool people um, all over. So I I feel really fortunate to be able to, to do this. Awesome. Awesome. You're going to have friends for life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. And you appreciate the opportunity, which is even better, which means if you stay patient and you live through all the ups and downs, you will survive and thrive. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. I love your attitude. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I do as well. And, you know, it. I think you, it has to be more, Lindsay, than just out there hitting golf balls out in the golf course. There has to be more of an experience. I mean, obviously that's your, you know, uh, profession and that's something you're passionate about. But I think it has to be more than that. I think you have to really enjoy the experience because if you know, we've talked, Cindy and I have talked with a lot of young ladies like yourself, um, you know, from the tours. And if they're not having fun, then why are you there? You know what I mean? And I don't mean it's, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, not taking it serious. I don't mean it that way. But you have to enjoy the experience. You have to have fun where you're out there because it becomes, if it comes too serious, then it gets to a point where you you start to dread it. You, you don't enjoy it. Um things bother you a lot more. So you just have to sort of take a lackadaisical uh, approach to this and just say, you know what, I'm going to focus on the things I need to do. I'm going to, you know, hunker down when, it, when it's time, but at the same time, I'm going to enjoy the experience. And I think if you do that, um, I think uh, a win will come a lot sooner than probably what you would expect. 
Um, yeah. My question, don't you agree? I mean, I think you have to, and we've had a lot of young ladies who have said that, who, you know, were grinding, grinding, grinding every week and getting to the point where in some cases I actually thought about giving it up. And then they just sort of something went off in their head and they said, you know what, I'm just going to go out and have fun. And sure enough, the very next week they came back as a winner. Um, so, yeah. you know, sometimes I think you just have to put the, you know, the, the seriousness aside, and that doesn't mean you don't focus on what you have to do, but just go out there and enjoy the experience and, and enjoy the friends that you're making and have a few laughs, you know, laugh at yourself a little bit when you're out there and you hit a bad shot instead of letting it get you down. Just say, I can't believe I just hit that rot shot and then move on. Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, <laughs> Prime example was my final round. I shot 66, but uh, the first hole, um, my approach shot was was horrible. I mean, <laughs> it was so bad, and it was kind of like I just looked at my my friend was caddying. I kind of looked at her like, okay, I don't know what that was, but let's just go hit it again, you know. But no, I agree because, um, I mean, it's a grind out here. As, as positive mm-hmm. as I am, I'm, I won't lie to you. There's a lot of like I said, low moments where. It's mm-hmm. hard when you're missing cuts or you just feel like nothing's really going your way and it can be it can be a struggle and um so there's definitely uh some power to just seeing the bright side of things because yeah at the end of the day we get to play golf and people pay us to do that and that's really mm-hmm. cool you know someday we'll look back at that and you know be like wow I got to do that that is that's really special I couldn't well, the other more, thing, and I, you know, you're not, and depending on who's around you, you know, we teach so many kids and these parents are grinding and, you know, you got to do better and you got to shoot. And I'm like, look, they're not trying to mess up. And the more pressure you put on them, the harder they try, the worse shots they hit. You got to stop. And, and mm-hmm. you know, you're not what you shoot. That's what your coach said. And it, it's just, you got to have fun and enjoy it. And if you can't do that, then, you know, go get a job because yeah. you can get a job anytime. You want. But you've got a great attitude. You're doing the best you can yep. and, you know, just keep having fun and enjoying it. And then you're going to hit better shots and, and make more money and live happily ever after. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. All right, Lindsay, I I'm, I'm seeing you at the helm of the RV. Where are we going? Where are you headed to? <laughs> um, I haven't gotten to get the RV out on tour yet uh, this year. I had it a few times in the last couple years. Um, so where am I going on the road? Like if I was going for a golf tournament? Yeah. Like where's the coolest place no, to take it? No, you're just, um, you're sitting, it's, it could be a Saturday morning and say, I'm going to go somewhere. Where's the RV going to go? Forget about golf. Where would you like <laughs> to go with the RV? Um, well, I, we have three weeks off, um, right now. And so it would be, I'm not, I'm actually not taking it. I I have to admit that, um, my brother has it. He's, he took it from me. So I'm giving him a hard time about that right now. So I haven't been able to use it. I'll get it in May, but, um, I would have loved to taken it, uh, sometime these off weeks to, I have a trip planned to Big Bend National Park. So I've never been. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas mm-hmm. is huge. You would think that since I'm in Texas, I'm close to it, but I'm not. <laughs> I think it's about at least seven hours from where I am. But 
yeah, just something like that, just to kind of get away and uh, unplug would be would be ideal, especially in the off weeks. I, I think that would be a fantastic trip, and I think when your brother eventually comes back, I think you need to walk around that RV and check it out and 100% and make sure there isn't as much as a scratch or a dent on that thing, and if there is, he's buying you a new one. Um, I agree. But, uh, I agree. <laughs> and if he doesn't, you just give us a call, and Cindy and I will take care of him. We'll shame him to death. Um, now, yeah. Um, okay. Obviously, he enjoys it. Yeah, he enjoys it as well. I think it's good to have outside hobbies and passions like that. And I hope that when you do go on your trip, I hope you have a great time. Leave the golf behind and just go and have fun and enjoy friends and family or whoever goes along with you. And um, just keep up, as Cindy said, the great attitude, and you're going to be a winger, winner in the long run, and uh, just enjoy it. But, Lindsay, thank you for joining us this morning, and good luck uh, uh, when you hit it back. So you said you're off for three weeks? Yes, yes, we are. Okay, well, relax for the three weeks. Don't grind it out too hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, definitely need a few days off, and then and then we'll get back to it. But thank you so much, and thank you for having me. This was fun. You're welcome. Have Our a great pleasure. week off. Two weeks off. Three weeks off. All right. All yeah, right. thank you. Thanks, Lindsay. All right, bye-bye. All right. Great attitude, wouldn't you agree? I agree. You know, I, especially having to deal with, with health challenges like that, it can be very, very um, uh, scary for, you know, a young lady like that out there on tour. You're not sure what's going on. and. Um, you know, it's just a, a great uh, a great story for somebody that's out there that's having whatever challenges they may have, um, that you can overcome them with the right attitude and um, certainly with some help with friends and, and family and, and support system around you. And uh, in some cases where medical intervention is necessary, that's important too. All right, we're going to take a very, very quick uh, break, and then we'll be back with uh, the founder of Adaptive Golfers, uh, Gianna Rojas. We'll be right back. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple to follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, Equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to GolfTipsMag.com and subscribe today. All right, welcome back, and we're very excited to have uh, our next guest. She's been on the show before. It's been a couple of years at least uh, since she's been on, but she's going to update us on all the wonderful things uh, happening in her world. Uh, as I mentioned, she's the founder of Adaptive Golfers, uh, affectionately known worldwide as the one-handed lady golfer, uh, originally from Maine. And uh, she's going to come on and, and give us uh, an update on what's been happening in her world. So please welcome uh, Cindy, our very special guest, uh, on the second half of the show, Gianna Rojas. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Gianna. Oh, I'm not sure what happened here. She may be having some technical issues. Um, Gianna, I'm not uh, sure if you can hear us or not. Let me see if that's oh, the magic button. Right. Do you have me now? 
we got you now. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, us old well, farts, we don't like this technology. Who put a mute button right next to the speaker button? <laughs> <laughs> It was a man that did it, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you so much, both of you. I am so glad to talk to you all again. Well, it's good to talk to you. We're We're always happy to. If you've been watching, you can see it has been a whirlwind these past couple of years in the adaptive golf world. Yes, I have seen that. Great job. Yes. Yeah, definitely. John, give us a, an update. Let's start with, the, if you don't mind, I know this has been a, a, a little over a couple of months now uh, since uh, you've been there, but give us uh, an update uh, about your experience this year. I know you've been going for several years now, the PGA show that just happened at the end of January of this year. Um, Cindy and I were there, obviously, as well, doing our thing. Uh, but what was happening? Give us an idea of what happened at the PGA show this year for you. Well, again, whirlwind. It was like a blink and it was over. Um, I can't even believe it's a couple months already. <laughs> well, we, um, we were thrilled to be asked once again by Reed Expo to come back to the PGA show. Um, Reed Expo has been gracious in providing uh, an adaptive resource center. Uh, it's a special section set aside on the show floor where we as Adaptive Golf Resources can help the industry understand a little bit more about what opportunities that they can offer to people that come to their course, their facility, or their programs. So we had the opportunity on demo day. We were out on the field. Um, We had our buddies from Power Tee with us again. And um, they brought in the automatic tea, um, tea stations, and we were able to help those that passed by, attendees that came by. Um, we invited them to hit um, in the way of someone who might emulate someone who has mobility challenges, who may not be able to um, or may not have um, use of legs or back um, these teeing stations automatically tee the ball at whatever height. We were able to put a chair up there and, and at least give them a peek into what it feels like for someone who has mm-hmm. mobility challenges and how we can empower them to still get out and golf. Then we moved into the show floor, and I want to give a big shout-out to Big Shots Golf. Um, they uh, instrumentally helped us get a TrackMan 4, um, big sim booth where we're able to invite again the participants of the show to come in and try it our way. So we mm-hmm. you to hit your ball a couple times and then you see your numbers and then we're going to ask for a moment, please listen to us and we'll blindfold you. <laughs> so we blindfolded uh-huh. people and had them hit their golf balls. Um, what that does is that very moment of standing over the ball for the first time going, I don't think I'm going to do this, um, it turns into, oh, my gosh, I did that. Um, that's mm-hmm. the feeling that we want to transfer to the industry to understand the value that golf has for people that don't have the same as everybody else has. Um, I was listening to the show with Lindsay there, and, and uh, again, I, I commend you guys on your advice to her as a young, new, and up-and-coming golfer. Um, 
it's about it's about the experience it's about the being able to invite individuals that have different abilities into your programs mm-hmm. and and this PGA show Reed Expo gives us that visibility to the industry um, so you know golf is a game that should be mm-hmm. enjoyed by everybody and and Lauren Thompson said it best on on one of our little segments that we did um, the love of golf should know no boundaries <laughs> Right, I couldn't agree more. And you know, it's interesting. I when I roll back to an earlier time when we had you on the show, I remember you talking about some of the statistics of just how many people there are just here in America alone, uh, literally in the millions of people that have uh, a variety of different challenges that range. Um, the one from all million. Of, uh, one million right, right. individuals with disabilities yeah. that are, are under the census. So there's a lot that are not. Maybe someone right. didn't consider themselves disabled, but there are 61 million. In the U.S. alone, there's 1 billion worldwide, according to the World Health yeah. Organization. Yeah. So when you look back at when you were speaking at that time, and you, I remember very um, succinctly a story that you shared about a young girl who would have been about the age uh, you said that when you first sort of uh, came on the scene as a, a young girl, you know, becoming interested in, and so forth. And you said that she made the comment, I'm just paraphrasing, of course, but that she no, made the okay. comment that she watched, I think, a video that you had done and said that how it, it inspired her because she didn't think that was something going to be for her um, because she had the same challenge that you did. So now fast forward to where you are now, you're obviously getting the word out a lot more aggressively and a lot more um, with, you know, some uh, obviously some help and things like that. Where do you see, do you see a lot more people now saying, wow, I didn't know that I could do that too? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think our job as individuals who do have challenges we need to invite those conversations to get started because we've all been taught, don't look, don't stare, don't ask questions, it would be rude. But while mm-hmm. those questions aren't being asked because we don't want to, you know, we, that's, again, that's the way we were all taught, right? You know, don't, don't, right. don't do that. That's, that will be, I need to make you okay to ask me the questions that you, you want to ask me. So I, I think I said this a little story real quick. Um, in a, in a clothing store, you know how kids all play in the clothes, they go around in those round circles while mom's looking at the shirts, and they, this little boy pops his head out the other side while I'm looking at a shirt, and he looks at my hand real quick, and he pops his head right back in, and he goes over to his mom on the other side of the rack and goes, Mommy, Mommy, she's got a funny hand. And I can hear him. You know, mm-hmm. kids don't realize what right. carries. <laughs> right. And I can hear him, and she looks down at him and says, No, 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 that's not nice. And she grabs a hold of his hand. And they walk away. She never looked up at me, acknowledged that I was there. Number one, I'm invisible. And number two, right. she pulled him away, and he, got, he did not get his questions answered. So I right. have now empowered my, myself. I'm, I'm telling myself that I have to be the one to start. That Hey, you have never met my buddy Charlie had. If I had the opportunity and I had the story back then when it happened, I would have said, oh, you mm-hmm. never met my buddy Charlie. My buddy Charlie, he helps me do everything, and I named it a he mm-hmm. 
I'm a she, so they're not afraid of me. They're, they, they can be afraid of Charlie. I can put him behind my back. It's no big deal. But it helps them understand that there are, this is two separate things, just like Lindsay said to, before about her score doesn't define you on that day. This does not define me. This is not me. This is part of me. So I felt that, especially when I'm working with little little ones that don't really have the capacity to understand or have never been exposed to it, this is an easy way to say, hey, my buddy helps me do everything. He even helps me play golf. Well said. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's, it's really, when I say lack of education, I think that, again, most people – um, and even though it might have at the time was well-intended, I think that, again, the more that we understand, um, you know, those that have these challenges and are not afraid to ask questions and not afraid to have discussions, I think it opens up a whole different uh, spectrum. And, and, you know, kids will be kids, and they don't understand, and, and they're confused, um, and this is where parents obviously just, have to take it. Society right. in general has been right. taught that's not right. – not nice, but then again, right. then 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 we continue to compel this this gap of exposure. So by using golf as the conduit, and especially in our um, world of adaptive golf, um, mm-hmm. we are out there showing that we are part of the norm. We are just golfers yep. first, and that is. Just that we have to, our angle of attack may be different, our equipment may be different, yep. but the moment of contact, the ball and the hole don't care who you are, where you come from, what you have, what you don't have, but we don't really have that, that I guess you would say that time yet built into mm-hmm. how do we bring the industry up to speed, which is the purpose of mm-hmm. us being at the show, is to give them that, up, yep. that glimpse behind the curtain, let them ask questions. Um, there's all different types of equipment that nobody's even ever seen, um, mm-hmm. different types of gloves that should be available in your pro shops, but nobody's thought about it that way. And it's not by any ill intent. It's just lack right. of exposure. Right, exactly. And you're doing a fantastic job to help bring that to fruition. I want to just very quickly ask uh, this to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about it, and then, Cindy, um, you can go ahead. Uh, the USGA Open, tell us about that. Yes, last year the USG, uh, USGA, so we haven't been falling on deaf ears. They've just had to digest the information, I think. <laughs> um, not only the USGA, but also the RNA. Um, the RNA and the European Disabled Golf Association started a world rankings, amateur rankings, alongside of the world rankings that's, that we all know about today. Um, a, um, a, a division of world rankings for golfers with disabilities. So the European Disabled Golf Association and Mr. Tony Bennett, who has just done an amazing job at a trailblazer, and they, they set it up with the RNA where we as individuals with disabilities can apply for a world ranking pass and play in world ranking uh, events and, and receive our world rank points as well. So there is a, if you go to the WR4DG part of the uh, world ranking, amateur rankings, you'll see pages and pages and pages of all the different divisions 
and all of the different athletes. What that does is now started trickling in with the USGA also having an adaptive open, and they actually had theirs prior to the RNAs. The RNA is happening this May for their first adaptive open. Um, so last year at Pinehurst Number 6, uh, it was July 10th to the 12th, um, we as adaptive athletes who held our world rankings, all we all applied to play in the world, the first inaugural adaptive open. It's a lot of words. Um, <clears throat> so I applied. Um, there were 19 spots available for women um, of all uh, abilities, whatever whatever the challenge is. Um, they allotted 19 spots out of the field. I think it should have been 50% of the field, but. Um, so there were 19 women with a better handicap than me, but I went anyways, even though I was not selected to play, and I volunteered because I wanted to be there and cheer on mm -hmm. all of my other fellow athletes that, that made it into that, that uh, first round, um, this first inaugural Open. The USGA's Open will be held again this year. This year they've moved it to July 17th to the 19th, so that we would get more broadcast coverage, which is a win in a big time. Because, again, like mm -hmm. you, you alluded to earlier, was, you know, that little girl or that little boy sitting at home. I was that little girl. I was that 13-year-old girl that nobody wanted around that, that got bullied and that got beat up and got picked on. And I even got locked in a locker for three and a half hours. Um, I, I want to talk to her. I want her to see us on TV and go, just like you said, just like that little girl said, Mommy, if she can, why can't we? So then we right. can empower these young children that normally, hopefully it's not going to be that way anymore, but, but they weren't really even thought of to be asked or invited, much less be mm -hmm. welcomed when they got there. So that is where my fire comes from. I'm, I want that 13-year-old girl to say, uh-uh, not today, bully. I'm going to go play golf. You go pick on somebody else. So right. these opens well, now, this is validation. This is mm -hmm. the ultimate of validation because we're talking about the golf gods have now said, hey, you know what? They're golfers too. Let's do it. Let's give them the same opportunities and the same playing opportunities at whatever level as everybody else. And now I see it is a start. It's still got a little little time and a little churn that still needs to happen. But but the ultimate goal is that we are all golfers. We're all golfers. When I yeah. show up at your golf course, uh, you know, especially, you know, I feel some, some of the seated guys, you know, all the golf courses have a high top. You're already unwelcome. Mm -hmm. You already feel unwelcome because you can't even see the person you're talking to over the counter. I love when right. I go to the golf course and you see all the empty wheelchairs lined up outside the clubhouse because everybody's out on the golf course. And that's the way it yeah. should be. So we're not there yet. There's still an awful lot of work to be done. There's been a lot of pioneers way before I came on the scene. I am literally just trying to be a concierge to connect the dots between the two as much as I can and fill that as much as I can fill that gap. Yeah, I, I think that's well said. And, you know, it boils down to obviously the exposure and also um, a re-education of society, um, helping them to understand um, from not their perspective, but from your perspective. And I think once they do, 
and that's why you're getting, I think, the the exposure now as people are, are you know, looking at things differently than once. And it's still a long ways to go, I realize, but they're looking at things much differently, I think, than what they once did. Um, Cindy, go I mean, ahead. you're seeing it in everything. You see it in commercials. You're seeing it in TV. We're not. We're no longer that 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 you, something that you put aside and and put in a little bubble to take care of in the right intentions. Mm-hmm. But but we need to fall down and bump our heads and scrape our knees and we need to go out there and get out there and 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 you know we're not we're, we're not all all going to win everything just like anybody else. You know, we need to fail at, at, at things as well. It's just, it, it's, it is a different perspective, and I feel very blessed. Um, I found my purpose. I think this has mm-hmm. become why I was born this way. Uh, my experiences mm-hmm. that I can bring, come and bring that, that side of, of perspective that you don't usually get to see because everybody is hush-hush, don't talk, don't look, don't stare, don't ask questions. You know, and then and then we're on the other side going, well, nobody's looking at us. No, this is not. This to me is so refreshing. Um, and then to see the validation of the golf industry in every aspect, um, not just the mm-hmm. golf industry, but in life in general. Society is, we're we're ready to just be part of society as well. And really, golf, yeah. like I know you guys were talking a little bit with Lindsay about how to make sure you enjoy it. It, you know, the social aspect is something that people don't talk about enough. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And it's really what the average every everybody is in there playing golf. It's it's a lifestyle. You know, golfers, no golfers. Mm-hmm. Is, you don't you just pass each other in the street. You already know you know your golfers. You know, we we want that same level of opportunity pl- to play. We want that same opportunity for resources that we need, and we also um, you know want that same opportunity to get out and play. Anywhere, anytime, just like anybody else. I couldn't agree 100% more. Um, Cindy, go ahead. Do you have some questions? Well, I can't believe the difference that you've made in the last, what, it's only been a year, right? Maybe. Somewhere, somewhere along, that, along those lines. It has been, and again, I know I, I harp on it a lot, and if anybody from Read Expo is listening, it has been really i think the 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 stage that was needed that was a piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. that was needed to connect the industry to the adaptive world and what by having that opportunity to have so? i think it's just that 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 was one of the key things that helped Absolutely. catapult this Absolutely. visibility yeah just it's awesome it's just yeah I mean, again, it's not like, oh, poor them. It's like, well, wait, we want to play too. You know what? If I ask you to play my way, (laughs) a round of golf, (laughs) you'll have a new appreciation. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This one can't do it. He can't do the whole 18 holes. I think he tried three or four holes. He was like, good good luck. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's just learning a different way. And that's that's one of the things that, again, another one of the key things that I think I am hopefully trying to fill in some of that knowledge gap. You know, we, we have an adaptive golfers player development program that we are in the final stages uh, about to be released. It's a, it's a 14 week session, um, or not 14 weeks, but 14 sessions. It depends on if you want to take it all at once. <laughs> uh, it will be on demand. 
And what it does is it walks you and introduces you, first of all, what does you, your program, your facility, and your best practices and policies have to do mandatory that are not enforced as far as how they apply to golf? You know, um, talking about the just introducing, some people don't understand what ADA is. Um, you know, the, the American Disabilities Act, it's not just the it's not just a building code. Um, it's a policy. It's a it's a way of of understanding and, and training your staff how to be accommodating and how to be welcoming and how to be inviting when you do have someone that comes into your facility or your program. And what are they, what are you allowed to do um, that doesn't cause undue hardship? You know, it's just, there's a, such a misconception that to make my place all these programs ADA compliant, it's undue hardship, but it really isn't. It's just, so we lay the foundation of the why part and then what the value of golfers with disabilities can bring to your facility and to your program. So we lay that groundwork out and then we layer the understanding of the learning differences, maybe the different approaches for different types of, of challenges. Um, we're not telling them how to teach golf, we're trying to help them understand the person you're teaching golf to better. So that, that gets through there. Then at the end, we start talking about how you would build a program. Uh, where do you find your participants? Where do you find your funding? How do you get your community involved in this program? Because this is something that is an impact program more than an average uh, just golf clinic would be. I mean, I show up at your golf clinic, and the first thing you're teaching is gripping. If you don't know where to take me, I have no fingers on my left hand, and my left arm is shorter than my right arm, and you don't know where to take me from there, it, 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 you've lost me at gripping. Right. So we need to – the industry is, is getting there. There's a lots and lots and lots more resources happening every day, popping up every day for training, for exposure. You know, we just want to help – fill in that gap so that when our golfers uh, show up at your golf course in a wheelchair, you know, they're just a golfer. Hey, you know, we've got, you know, we've got the, the adaptive golf cart for you. Get you out there. You play your 18 holes, and we'll watch your chair while you're out there. Yep. Awesome, awesome. awesome. So, yeah, we've come a you long way, us. baby. <laughs> I'm proud Yeah, of you. you certainly have. Come on, girlfriend. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And yeah, you, I mean, it's just the have. whole, that's why I said the state of adaptive golf right now is so refreshing. It's so wide open. There's just so many possibilities. And hopefully those listening in um, get inspired and get excited to learn more, even if you don't do anything with understanding what you, what, it's just an understanding. If you want to mm -hmm. go down the road of of developing an adaptive program, you know, there's all these resources. We we are out there to help everybody, um, help everybody, help us. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fantastic. Tell us a little bit. We, we've just got a few minutes left, but tell us a little bit about the Adaptive Golf Channel. Well, the Adaptive Golf Channel is um, it's again the the vehicle for exposure. Um, we have some segments that we're going to be putting together. Um, I know we kind of 
touched upon this a couple of years ago, so this has been a brainchild. This has been stewing for a while, where we're mm-hmm. gonna, you know, we're gonna challenge people like we did at the show. The, the title of our booth was "So You Think You're a Big Shot." So we're gonna have a little little segment of that. So you think you're a big shot is gonna cover player profiles. So you think you're a big shot. Listen to this guy's story. Um, right. This gal's story. Um, we're going to have um, opportunities for all these resources to have their own little segments to introduce what they have. Um, it will be um, out on wingding.tv. Actually, it is there. Um, we just mm-hmm. haven't do, done our, our big launch yet, um, but it's, it is accessible. You go to wingding.tv through any of your streaming, whether it's Hulu or Roku or whatever, um, and uh, Adaptive Golf Channel is listed under the branded channels. And we'll start adding content um, as we cover get coverage from some of these major events that are going on. You know, right now we got one going on in Tucson, which is the Paragolf uh, Conquistadors. We've got the United States Disabled Golf Open, my buddy Jason Fairclough. I think you might have had him on the show. Um, he um, has has he was actually the first adaptive open here in the U.S. Uh, about four or five right. years ago, and it's just it's just exploding. There's world ranked tournaments all over the country, actually all over the world. The Belgium Open, um, Disabled Open is happening. We've got um, the French Disabled Open that's happening. Um, there's just, it's just, it's everywhere. It's everywhere with the RNA. If you're watching the G4D uh, with the um, DP World Tour, you'll see some of our guys are out there playing alongside of the pros. And we're hoping that that is going to be migrating over this way, and that's what will happen here too. So if I have anything to say about it and do about it, <laughs> it'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt. Um, just to let the listeners know, if they want to get more information about Adaptive Golfers, they can go to adaptivegolfers.org uh, is your website. And all of the information I'm assuming that we've discussed today, like USGA Open, uh, there will be mm-hmm. links and, and, uh, and information there, and as well as the Adaptive Golf Channel. Um, again, you can go to wingding.tv or through any of the uh, typical streaming platforms like Roku, Hulu, Apple TV, and HBO. Um, Gianna, thank you, as always, for, for coming on and giving us an update. A lot of exciting stuff happening uh, in adaptive golf, and you certainly have done a fantastic job uh, as really an ambassador in that area. I know there have been others uh, before you, but uh, you've really sort of taken the, the proverbial bull by the horns and said, you know what, uh, we want to play too, and here's how we can do it. And you're not just getting out there and playing, but you're showing others how to play from your perspective and also how to teach players who fall into that category by your adaptive golfers, uh, player development opportunities and programs. And so what a a big round of applause to you for all that you've done. And we really (laughs) appreciate you coming and, and doing that. And, um, keep us posted as things uh, arise. And just I, I, one thing I just want to clarify, um, you mentioned about the USGA Open. They're moving it to a little bit later in July. Is that also still going to be back at Pinehurst, or is it going somewhere else? It'll be back at Pinehurst number 6. Um, okay. And whether I'm on the field or supporting the field, I will be there. Perfect. Awesome. And the dates again The dates again were July 17th to? July 17th to the 19th. Okay, to the 19th. Perfect. And they can get information about that uh, off of the adaptivegolfers.org website, correct? 
Uh, yep, we're going to be putting that link up there. Um, it, you, or you can just go to the USGA under their championship schedules. Okay, perfect. How cool is that? Well, Jonna, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's fantastic. Way to go. Like I said, kudos to you and, and all of the others that have uh, worked alongside you. You've done a fantastic job, and uh, we really appreciate you shedding light on a, an area that really has needed light for a long time. But keep up the great work, and we'll hope you come back and join us again uh, on a future show. All right. Thank you both so much. And you know I always have every, end everything with a stump bump, although you can't see it this time. <laughs> <laughs> we, we agree. Thank you, John. You have, a great, have a great evening and uh, rest of your day, and uh, keep up the great work, and thank you for joining Cindy and I this morning. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, Founder of Adaptive Golfers, uh, Gianna Rojas, uh, joining us this morning, uh, giving us an update. Uh, Again, you can go to adaptivegolfers.org as their main website, and all of the information that we talked about uh, today, you'll find it there. Um, Cindy, really a lot of very uh, big strides have been made since she came on uh, several years ago. I mean, it's been, I know she's been on a few times, but uh, it's been probably at least three or four years since she's been on the show. And uh, she's just a real trooper. Um, I didn't get a chance to see her at the PGA this year. I, I was just a little swamped myself, but um, I've seen her at the booth in that uh, in the past. And she just is, um, I hate to say that the analogy, but a workhorse. She just uh, just keeps going and going and has a passion. Great job. Yep, I couldn't agree more. All right, that is it for us. Cindy and I will see you next week. You are coming back next week, aren't you, Cindy? You're not going on another adventure? (laughs) All right, right. we'll hope you join us. Thank you for, again, a special thanks to our guests, uh, Lindsay McCurdy uh, and Jana Rojas, for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. God bless everybody. Have a great week. And Cindy and I will see you right here next week on the Women of Golf. Take care, everybody. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Todd. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStreamLive, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash women of golf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network. <laughs>